Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac. I think Randy needs to get back in the studio on uh, some of these texts that are coming in. These are specifically for Randy. Uh, Randy, I want to party with you in your basement. Uh, Let's quarantine together. Uh, I'm in. I've already had COVID. You can have mine, Randy. Uh, Let's see. I'll donate my vaccine if, if Yachty resigns. So... I think it's a fair bet. Uh, Yachty resigns, and uh, I give up my vaccine shot. What do you think, Tanner? Are you in on this stuff or what? It's a little I, a little different take on it. Yes. I hadn't heard this I, stuff I yet. I wasn't expecting that. And how about Randy doing it and then getting out of here? <laughs> <laughs> Tanner Hendrickson is with us. This is Scoops with Danny Mac. It's the Thursday edition. My guest uh, today, talk a little college basketball with the Billiken head coach, and that is Travis Ford. So looking forward to that. And the Billikens will have Arkansas Pine Bluff. We'll have the call. Scott Highmark will be with me alongside on Fox Sports Midwest, 7 o'clock the tip. And I, I think you got to go day by day with these, making sure there's no positive tests on both sides as teams travel across the country. And they're on buses, they're on planes, and you always get concerned about that. So it's always day by day. But right now that game is scheduled 7 o'clock on Saturday. So we'll talk it over with uh, Travis Ford. I'm really curious how practices work and the mass and the meetings. And it, it's just not easy to get through and how they're doing these things. For instance, last night, Mizzou has a great win. They beat Oregon. And that was a really, really good win um, for Mizzou. So Mizzou is now 2-0. They'll get, uh, they'll get Wichita State on Sunday minus Greg Marshall, who was fired about two weeks ago. So Greg Marshall out at Wichita State, and Mizzou has them. So that's a signature win for Conzo Martin. And I'm not sure there's even home court advantage this year with no fans. I'm not sure it really matters. And these games, I don't know about you, Tanner, they kind of look on TV like exhibitions. Watching KU in Kentucky the other day, it looked like an exhibition. Michigan State, Duke kind of looked like an exhibition. I'd it's agree. It's different. But I still enjoy it. I still see great athletes on the floor, great competition. So I'm enjoying it. It's going to take a little getting used to. And hopefully, eventually, say, you know, a couple of months, we get some fans in the stands. And, hey, maybe by March, we, we've got more fans in the stands, socially distanced. But it, it, it's been enjoyable. How about the uh, players on the bench making the atmosphere? I don't know if you yeah, caught any of the Illinois I, Baylor game. But I did. They were rowdy. I like it. Uh, it's It's different. It's kind of like uh, the Cubs. You know, the Cubs were really vocal yeah. in their dugout this year. It was like watching a, um, a high school baseball game where they're always making noise in the dugout. Yeah. Different. Did, did, did you, when with your kids, if they play baseball, do they ever do the, uh, we used to do in my town, a where the infield would yell peanut and the other part would yell butter just to distract the hitter? Well, they were doing some of that with the Cubs. <laughs> they were, it was like watching Legion Ball, man. You know, it was like watching high school. It was like colleges do some of that stuff, too. Like, if you watch really good college programs, they're always doing chants and that kind of thing. Softball teams do that, too. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's just fun. I you know, it's, hated that as a hitter. Um, it's just, you know, you're trying to get camaraderie, team, that kind of thing. It, it's just fun. So... 
Anyway, I'm enjoying it, so we'll visit with Travis Ford. The other thing we're going to get into is high school sports. So if you're a parent out there, uh, Jim Powers would be my guest from the high school sports caravan. You see him on Channel 2 all the time. He calls a lot of the high school games, and we'll visit with him. Now, some of the kids for basketball are competing in-game with masks. Um, We'll talk about that for high school basketball. Football wraps up this weekend. Class 6 finished um, last Saturday, I think it was. And then uh, classes 1 through 5 are finishing up this weekend, and they're doing it at different sites. It's not going to be down at... uh, Furrow Field in Columbia. So we'll talk about that, but it's really unique how they're trying to get through a season and at least allow the kids to compete, which I love. I do love seeing that. Okay, there's a bunch of non-tendered players out there. There's a ton of names. Uh, David Dahl being one that interests me. If you're a Cardinal fan, I would love to see what the Cardinals' interest is in him. Adam Duvall would be another one. He's a former Red. He had a big year for the Braves. That would interest me. Oh, by the way, there is Kyle Schwarber, who is on that list as well. There was some talk that Chris Bryant could be non-tendered. He is picked up by the Cubs. That doesn't mean necessarily that he would be there on opening day. They could trade him. That may happen. And there's some things that could happen, too, with these teams. They tender a contract. They figure out the figures. And then all of a sudden, wheeling and dealing happens, especially if you know there's going to be fans in the stands. That's something you have to think about. Revenues then get uh, figured out, at least a general idea of what a revenue stream could be for teams. And all of a sudden, wheeling and dealing happens. Uh, from the 314, out of the non-roster candidates, would you rather sign Duval, Dahl, or Schwarber? If I'm the Cardinals, I like Dahl. I would take a flyer on him. I don't know what that marketplace would look like because of the injuries, but strictly from talent, I love Dahl. I, I think the guy is a stud. Absolutely stud. Uh, absolute stud. Um, the problem is he's just been injured. We haven't seen the full body of work with him. From the Cardinals' perspective, <clears throat> uh, unfortunate, John Brebbia is uh, non-tendered. So the way I look at it, he made about $600,000 last year. He would get a bump about two hundred. You're looking at 800000 The thing with Brebbia coming off Tommy John my question would have been when would he have been ready and and with finances tight and the pitching is pretty good for the cardinals their depth is good you just don't know when he would have been ready ron hell ravello also uh non-tendered ravello just didn't have a position that's the problem and he's not going to play first base he's not going to play third base and he's not going to play the outfield you already have enough guys that are kind of on the fence in terms of left field center field right field that aren't hitting a bunch and he's one of those guys now he could give you some pop off the bench but you already have one of those outfielders it's not going to play and you're going to give him that shot off the bench that's what i was just going to ask you if there was if we knew there was the dh spot do you think he's not he's tendered no i i I think they go in a different direction or it's one of those other outfielders or it's a free agent and it's not going to be Ravello. Um, from the 314, Danny Mack, what about Eddie Rosario? Yeah, talked about it on the uh, crossover. Love Eddie Rosario. Now, when you look at his numbers, they don't jump off the table analytics, but pretty good contact guy, and I like him. Um, and I would take the two guys I would take a flyer on, I'd take a hard look at are, in my opinion, no particular order, 
Dahl, Rosario. Those are the guys I'm looking at if I'm the Cardinals. Those are the two. Um, let's see, Danny Mac. None of these non-tenders are going to move the needle for us. Why waste the money on them and not sign Yachty or Wayno? It's apples and oranges. Yachty and Wayno are two separate things. I, I don't think that that moves the needle on whether or not you sign Yachty, Yachty or Wayno. I think the, the situation with Yachty is that he wants a two-year deal, and I'm not sure what the appetite is outside of the Cardinals to sign Yadier Molina for a two-year deal. Yankees did tender Gary Sanchez a contract, and that's something to think about as it pertains to Yadier Molina. That would have been one of his destination spots. Sanchez is going back to the Yankees, and Yadier Molina is still out there. If a team wants him for one year, pay him a bundle of money, that's one thing. But for two years, mm, not so much. And the place that it just keeps pointing back to, in my opinion, would be St. Louis. Just makes sense to bring him back here. In terms of Wayno, they've allocated the Atlanta Braves, the place that made the most sense for me for Wayno, where it all began, would be the Atlanta Braves. They've allocated a lot of money already to pitching. Again, makes sense for him to come back here. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It is 10-16 here in St. Louis. Let's talk a little college basketball. We'll switch gears and visit with Travis Ford. That's next. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. It is always great to catch up with the head coach of the St. Louis University Billikens. Off to a great start. They are 2-0. Had a really impressive win over the weekend against LSU. Their next game will be Saturday as they take on Arkansas Pine Bluff, and you can see that game on Fox Sports Midwest. And uh, Coach Ford, it's always great to catch up with you. Hopefully everybody with the Billiken family and your immediate family is safe and healthy and you're doing well. How are things going? Well, things are, are, are great. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you having me on. It's, you know, we're, we're doing as good as you can do during these times. It's, uh, you know, you just try to the first priorities try to keep everybody healthy and right now uh that that we we've done uh, a pretty good job of uh doing that uh, but yes yeah, my family the team everybody right now seems to be doing pretty well appreciate you asking coach how do you how do you have practice you know how, how are practices done how explain to folks that are listening right now because you've only played two games you've been practicing a, a whole bunch so how are practices done right now at the Division One level with college basketball? Yeah, you know, no different than a lot of people. Things are different. Uh, you know, this, it, things look different. They're done differently. Uh, when you walk into our practice, you'll see kind of a makeshift locker room in the uh, in the gym uh, where there's chairs set up about 10 to 15 to 20 feet apart where that's each player's kind of their own little locker area. Mm. Uh, that they 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 kind of get ready to practice uh, there. Uh, you'll see the coaches, the, all the coaches and managers, and everyone are in masks. Uh, you know, we're, there is no locker room, so you know one of the biggest adjustments for us is we've always I've always taken uh, a lot of pride in spending time with our team off the court in the locker room, just talking about life in general, talking about our team doing the, all those little things that I think have, has been able to give us an edge. Those things just aren't existent right now. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of differences. You just, as we tell our team every day, you've got to be prepared to adapt. You got to be flexible. Uh, you can't, uh, you can't get 
uh, overly concerned about things that are out of your control, and we try to win each day. We talk about that win today, and that means be the best you can today because you just don't know exactly what tomorrow may look like. Isn't that the truth? Um, how about going through film? You know, I, I know that you breathe, eat, sleep, watching basketball, watching film. So you, you, you're probably struggling with that uh, in terms of going over film, whether it be with your coaching staff or with your team and breaking down film. How do you try to do that with your guys? Yeah, you know me, it is different. Uh, we're, we're just not getting to spend as much time as we used to with our team away from the court. It's not even close. Um, film work, uh, you know, we do get to go into Lorenzini's, which is a little bit larger area in Shapitz Arena. We do get to watch film in there. Everybody's social distance apart. But the individual film work is not quite uh, as available as it used to be. Uh, you know, we like another thing, you know, mealtime, as you know, this being part of a team and everything, just getting to spend time and eat a meal with your team and things like that used to be a great time away from uh, the competition part of it, the stressful part of it. We haven't eaten a meal together uh, in over six or seven months. Uh, it's been a long time. Everything is boxed up. You take it to go, uh, all our guys' meals, but just the, the time away from the court is what I kind of miss getting to spend with my team. I used to have them over to my house a lot and just to get away and spend time. And uh, those things are not there. And we're, we're anxious to get back to those days. How about uh, what you've learned in the first couple of games about your team, coach? What have you learned in the first couple of wins about your team on the floor? Well, I think we've shown that, uh, you know, we, we've had – instances where we can really defend. I thought the first half of the SIUE game, we defended as about as well as we possibly could. Held, you know, SIU to 18 points and a half. That's that's tough to do against any Division One team. Um, you know, we, we've shown we can put the ball in the hole in different ways uh, from, from the three-point line, from uh, getting to the rim, uh, getting out on a fast break, which is a strength of ours. Uh, we've shown we can just score it, I think, different ways. Uh, I think uh, once Hassan French does get back, uh, you know, obviously our inside presence uh, will be even more there, even though I think Martin Linton and Jimmy Bell have done an incredible job, just an amazing job the last couple of games of helping our offense flow, helping our offensive continuity. Those guys have been terrific inside for us when Hassan has been out. Uh, and then hopefully depth. We just got to get a few guys back healthy, but I think depth uh, is going to be a positive for us. One of the guys that, that really stepped up, and we, we're anticipating really just a, a tremendous uh, season from him. If you're a Billiken fan, he's so smooth. He can light it up. He's a scorer, and that is Javante Perkins. He is the A-10 player of the week. Coach, this guy is a player. Um, what have you seen from him in the first couple of games? Well, we've really challenged him for whatever reason early in practice. He wasn't uh, asserting himself offensively the way we wanted and needed. And the last couple of weeks, I've really been challenging him and really been on him about really, uh, you know, you've got you've to gotta really be aggressive offensively. And obviously he has done that in our couple of games. Uh, you know, Javante does it in such a – a quiet style, I'd say, because he's so kind of un, uh, unassuming. He's a very quiet individual to begin with. Uh, he's a very funny guy, very, very funny, but uh, has a kind of a 
a shy mentality to an extent. And I think his game is like that. And that's why he comes across a little uh, unassuming at times and kind of can sneak up on opponents, which is great. Uh, but he has the ability to score uh, in just about every way. Our team understands that we need him to score. Everybody on our team has a job to do, uh, whether it be rebounding, defending, whatever it may be. Everybody's got their role and their job to do, and his job is to score. No question about it. That is uh, number one on his resume for us is to go score buckets, especially when things are breaking down. You know, we can run sets and things, but when you have a guy, when things – when the other team has scouted you or a play hasn't worked, whatever it is, in the middle of a play, you have a guy that can just break somebody down and go get a bucket. We call it kind of the X factor. Uh, that's a that's a real strength, and he is definitely the X factor when things aren't going well. Get him the ball, and you know, and and, and uh, good things happen. What have you seen out of Jordan Goodwin? He had two straight double doubles. No surprise there. Kind of picking up. Uh, where he left off, and, and what has he done with his game to to improve himself in his final year in a Billiken uniform? Yeah, make no mistake, Jordan Goodwin is the heart and soul of our team. Uh, you know, we kind of go as Jordan Goodwin goes, and I say that because of his cr- incredible leadership and how much our team, every player on our team follows him, and they feed off him and his energy and his passion and competitiveness for the game. Uh, so he is, you know, he's the heart and soul of our team, Uh just one of the maybe the best leader I've ever coached because he does it every day. He he does it by example of how hard he plays. He does it by talking. He's constantly talking. He never uh, he never lets up in that area. By far the most vocal guy on our team, and he does it with great passion. Um, so he he's I, I couldn't be more proud of Jordan and how much he's developed, especially in that leadership category. Uh, but no question, uh, our team go- comes and goes as Jordan Goodwin does. My guest is Travis Ford, the head coach of the Billikens. Coach, what's it been like for you and your kids uh, playing with, with no fans? Have you found it difficult? Have you found it different? Have you found it uh, tough with uh, motivation factors? All those things. What's it been like with no fans? Yeah, it's been a lot different, that's for sure. Uh, we would love to have a packed shape at Arena, and I know we would. I think everybody would love to watch this team play. Uh, and it, 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 it's it's strange. It's the most strange when you walk out before the game. And, you know, two, three minutes, guys been, are warming up. You're walking out. Uh, that's the most strange. Once the ball's tipped up for myself, you're so locked into the game uh, that it, it – that, uh, it, it doesn't seem quite as different. You know, you always want that lift, though. You want that fan motivation uh, that uh, that we can't get right now. A lot of times when you're down or whatever it may be, uh, you know, the fans give you that lift. So hopefully we'll be able to get fans uh, in shape at arena, uh, arena sooner than later. Uh, there's not obviously a timetable for that. Uh, but we're, I'm hoping sometime in January we can start getting fans. That's just my own hope. I uh, haven't heard anything, but it is different. That's for sure. Now, Coach, got to be honest here. Do you have to bite your tongue every once in a while when something may slip a little <laughs> bit? You know, <laughs> things can fly a little bit in the heat of the moment. Yeah, no question. It's a little too quiet in there. <laughs> uh, the, the the mask isn't covering up the language quite enough. Uh, but, uh, no, I've had to catch myself a little bit at times, uh, you know, uh, understanding that uh, there's still a few people in there that are working and things like that. They, uh, 
Uh, I've got to watch it. I got you. And then a final question for you, Coach. Is the is the schedule, is it a state of flux always? I know it's done for the most part. I think you have one game that, that you maybe could fill. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is it – is it always in a state of flux at this point, or, or how does that work? Because, you know, I, I get asked about it all the time, so I'll ask you, is it is it a state of flux, or how does the schedule work still as we play and, and look at early December? It, it 100% is is in flux to an extent. you got to be very flexible. We do have a game we can play with right now, uh, and we've been trying to work on it every day. People would just be amazed at what we're, you know, how this is all coming about. Uh, scheduling people are scheduling one day and playing the next um, it's just craziness right now and you know uh, and, and you got to do things that make sense for your team uh, you know you want to do that but you want to play games you want to do things that make sense for your team uh, obviously coming off the uh, LSU win it gets a little more difficult it seems like to get some games um, but you know we're still working on it Things are going to change, Dan. You know, not only do we have a game, you just if, if percentages and everything stays the way they are, we're going to lose a game at some point. You know, uh, I, somebody wrote just yesterday or the day before about the average number of teams that are going into quarantine right now. You know, that could obviously happen to us. As much as we're working on it every day, as I tell our team, we have about a 15-minute talk every day just about trying to stay safe and all the things you can do. But I always end up by saying, guys, we can be perfect, and something and some and something could happen. So there's no guarantees, but we we do predict that games will be canceled. Uh, a game that we have scheduled probably will be canceled for whether it be on our side or on their side, and then you got to go out and find hopefully something that can make up for that. But it's just every day, which is so different than ever before. Obviously, we're talking about scheduling probably. I've been in the office since, you know, 7 o'clock this morning. We probably talked about scheduling 15, 20 times as a staff about different things, and this happens every day. It's incredible. Coach, hang in there. We appreciate your time. I know you're busy, and stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, continue uh, with the success that you've had in the early portion of this schedule, and uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Thank you so much. Always enjoy. Thanks for having me. That's the head coach of the Billikens, Travis Ford, and the Bills again back in action on Saturday night. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Let's jump right into the high school talk as football will wrap up this weekend and no better source to talk about it than Jim Powers from the high school sports caravan. You've heard his voice covering this from day number one all the way back in August and now wrapping up the football season this weekend and basketball season in full swing. And Jim, it's always great to hear your voice and hopefully everybody in your sa- uh, in your family is safe and healthy and, and things are going well. How are things going? Yeah, everything's great, man. We, uh, you know, Thanksgiving was a little different, um, you know, with my better half and her family. Normally we have about 15, 16 people and this year it was just uh our little South City bubble, so to say, with uh, my, my better half and her brother and sister for Thanksgiving. But we Zoomed with the family, and, uh, you know, so Thanksgiving was good. It was a little weird not having Turkey Day to uh, call for the first time in 11 years. Uh, but, you know, everybody's healthy. Everybody's hanging in there. And, uh, 
you know, we're, we're, we're making our way through everything. Well, we saw last weekend that DeSmet lost to Ray Peck, and that was in Class 6, but Classes 1 through 5 will wrap up this weekend. How is Misha getting through what we're seeing uh, with Missouri State Classes 1 through 5 that will wrap up this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this much. I think they've done a terrific job. Um, seeing this past weekend down at Jefferson City at Acton Stadium, uh, the protocols, uh, everything that they did to keep everybody safe, keep everybody, you know, kind of doing what they need to do and following all the protocols, I, I thought they did a terrific job. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate we can't play at, Mizzou, at, at uh, you know, Faroe Field this year, uh, but, you know, for a lot of different reasons. And I think one of the big reasons is they're trying to keep everybody kind of separated. Uh, they don't want to stack teams up and stack fans up like they normally do. Uh, for games, so that's why we're seeing uh, the change in venue down at uh, down to Jeff City. They're playing at Atkins Stadium this weekend. They're going to play over at Helias, who's got a terrific brand new stadium they renovated, and then Blair Oaks, which is just an unbelievable uh, Class Three facility. Uh, so they're going to play games on Friday night, and then they'll play three games on Saturday throughout the day at the different sites and. Once again, I think they're doing everything they can. They're at the finish line. It's just now getting everybody across the finish line, so to say, on Saturday evening after that last game at Blair Oaks, or excuse me, over at Jeff City. So I think Misha and Dr. Erhan and his staff has just done an unbelievable job in navigating this and getting these kids to the finish line to where they're able to play for the state championship. What kid has really stood out for you? If you had to name maybe one or two kid in the kids out of the state of Missouri, let's talk about St. Louis kids that have really established themselves this year. That could be a uh, you know a, a a kid or two that has established themselves this year and really come out of nowhere to be a a top Division One player that is going on to play at the next level that maybe wasn't getting recognition at the beginning of the season. What is that one or two kid that's really established themselves this year that's emerged uh, out of this season that's going to go on and play Division One football next year? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's it's really difficult this year just because in St. Louis County, a lot of these kids weren't able to play a lot of games. Uh, but they were able to get some film, uh, and they were able to do a lot of great things. I, I think the first, first young man up at Lutheran North, I think Travion Ford is, is just as legit of a D1 kid that you're going to see. Um, you know, he was getting a lot of, a lot of looks and he verbal to Mizzou. And I think he is going to be a huge, huge part of what, uh, coach Drinkwitz is going to be putting together out there. He's, you know, a centerpiece of their recruiting class. Um, he is so talented on the defensive side of the ball and from a DM position, he's got great footwork and really has a knack for the game. And that's the really cool thing about him is. He, he does everything fundamentally correct. I think another young man that, you know, we heard a little bit about him last year uh, from DeSmet, and I really, really was even more impressed with him throughout the year this year was Ty Butts. I mean, this young man, he, he is one of those stereotypical court, uh, running backs that loves contact. He's strong. He's very physical as a running back. Um, there was a game that, that I watched during the playoffs that he literally drug three defenders across the goal line from about the six-yard line. Um, I mean, he is just so good 
at, at you know keeping his legs going, staying square, and, and doing things the right way as a running back. And he's going out to Mizzou as well. And, and I think that you know what it. I'll tell you what Eli Drinkowitz has done in getting these St. Louis kids excited about playing for Mizzou and keeping the border closed and not letting Lovey and those guys up at Illinois or some of the other, you know, big power five schools coming into the St. Louis area and picking off a lot of these kids. I think drink has really done a great job in closing the borders and he's really identified some of these kids. And I think the kids are excited to play for him. Uh, and we haven't really had that over the last couple of years. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see these kids go to the next level and really make a name for themselves. How has this affected recruiting overall, the pandemic and, and coaches being able to see these kids and the kids being able to get taped to those coaches? I tell you what, one of the best pictures I saw, this was the first week of the state playoffs of the district. And Mizzou football put out a picture of Coach Drinkwitz literally sitting in front of a video wall and there had to have been at least 12, 13 screens there that he was watching games. And that's what college coaches have to do right now. Um, you know, they're relying on videos on, on, on live streams of games to watch these kids. Uh, they're really relying on film that the coaches are getting to them uh, because they can't get, they're not allowed out to, you know, physically be present to watch these kids play live. And so now, they're really having to look at more film on, you know, prospective recruits. And it makes their job a little bit tougher. You know, and, you know, not a lot of visits are being allowed right now around the country for kids to actually go on the campus and see things uh, because of all the protocols and, and everything that everybody is doing. So the coaches have really had to step their game up when it comes to watching film. And on Friday nights, you know, checking the live streams out. I give the high schools a lot of credit for what they've done with their video streaming this year. Um, for me, it, it was great because I could sit here in my home office and watch, you know, three or four games and be ready to go for the uh, prep zone on Fox 2 on Friday night and be able to talk about a lot more kids because I'm able to watch more of the kids play than I normally would. And the coaches are seeing that as well. So, Video, you know, video research and coaches doing a great job on the high school level of getting that highlight films out to these college coaches has just been absolutely huge. And it's going to be interesting, too, because the NCAA has blanketed everybody this year with another year. So it's going to throw the recruiting process off a little bit for, you know, for the college coaches. And so you've got as a high school coach and your kids, You've got to really make sure you're getting your stuff out to these college coaches. That way these college coaches aren't missing them. Jim Powers is my guest. High school sports caravan, um, high school basketball now is in full swing. How are they able to conduct practices, masks being worn, games being played? How is this uh, starting to happen with high school basketball? Yeah, I mean, here in, you know, in St. Louis County, the, you know, they're, they're able to practice you know, full go. But they have to wear a mask. Even while they're playing, they have to wear a mask, which I'm not a big fan of. I think there's a lot more harm than good in that, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, the officials have to wear masks during games as well. So everybody's kind of traversing this in a lot of different ways. Um, I know games are starting, 
but there's also been some games that have been, you know, that have been, uh, you know, postponed uh, due to, you know, contact tracing and different things along those lines. Uh, you know, and, and the other thing, too, is what, what breaks my heart is already two of the biggest holiday tournaments have been canceled. Uh, just literally got a note a few minutes ago from MICDS and, and the tournament that they do. And, Danny, you know the tournament that they put together up there. Um, it's one of the absolute best tournaments in the in the state of Missouri. And they raise money for Special Olympics, and they do such an unbelievable job. But they've had to cancel their tournament, mm. uh, the Coaches versus Cancer Tournament. Uh, that, that I was a part of for many years before they moved it um, over to some high school sites. They've had to kind of postpone theirs and do a few different things. And so we're seeing a lot of that uh, with the games. I mean, in the county, there's no fans allowed at the games right now um, because, once again, they're trying to keep the kids safe. They're trying to keep everybody kind of in that little bubble, so to say. So it's been very strange to see how everybody's doing this. But it seems like right now everybody is doing everything that they need to do to get the kids out there, to get them participating. And, you know, there is the light at the end of the tunnel. It's just a matter of how long of a tunnel is it really right now with the vaccines and different things along those lines. But I think everybody's doing a really nice job uh, with getting everybody out there and practicing and doing the things that they need to do. And Jim, I'll wrap it up with this: uh, biggest names in high school basketball, girls and boys. Who do you, who do you have? Wow, I mean, I'll tell you right now, and there, there's just so many, so many kids out there to watch. I mean, Bashan's got some great kids coming back this year. Um, Incarnate Word is going to be absolutely loaded again this year uh, with talent. You know, Dan's done such a great job over there on the girls' side. Uh, he's already got a couple kids that have come out of the gate very strong um, on the season. You know, you got on the other side, on the um, the Smet with uh, Yaya and that group that Kent Williams has got coming back. That's going to be a team that I'm going to be watching pretty heavily, especially with Yaya, um, you know, not being able to play this year, but still going to Mizzou. And I give Konzo a lot of credit for, for rolling the dice on this young man because he has just done a terrific job his first three years playing up at the smack. So there, there's a lot of great talent out there right now uh, on the high school level. And it's just kind of everybody shaking things out and getting through all these protocols and staying healthy and different things along those lines. But it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how these kids maneuver through, how the coaches maneuver through everything. And, you know, on the recruiting level, you know, the college coach is doing everything they can to to make sure they're seeing these kids. But the Smet's going to be a team to watch. Uh, Vashon, you know, Tony's done a, just an unbelievable job, once again, with a lot of his kids down at the V. And it'll be a lot of fun to watch how these kids maneuver through this next couple months. And the hope is we're playing basketball down in Springfield at JQH Arena in March for state championships. Isn't that the truth? Hey, Jimmy, have a great weekend with the high school football championships. Thanks for your time. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, good luck this weekend. No doubt about it. Anytime, Danny. Great talking to you, buddy. Hey, great talking to you as well. Always great talking to Jim Powers. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Close to home or close to work. For quality tires and expert auto service, you can always count on Dobbs. Alex.
Sports Ribs BK. They're coming up next. Our thanks to Jim Powers and also Travis Ford. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, we'll visit with the voice of the Missouri Tigers, Mike Kelly, and also Scott Highmark, the Billiken Hall of Famer. Join in the holiday spirit. Contribute to our 12 Days of T-Shirts fundraiser for the Little Bit Foundation. Find all the details. Make your donation to our 12 Days of T-Shirts fundraiser now at 101ESPN.com. And uh, Alex, you have with Joey Vitale coming up this week in hockey. And we all want hockey back. So what's coming up on the show tonight? So we uh, were joined by Mike McKenna, a good friend of Joe Vitale, a former NHL goaltender, both guys who went through the uh, labor negotiations in mm. 2012, that shortened season. So we're going to dive into a little bit about uh, the negotiations ongoing, and we're going to get his thoughts on the uh, goaltender situation right now in the NHL with all these guys going to new teams. So it'll be a fun one tonight from 6 to 7. Yeah, and hopefully guys are, are just getting on the ice, trying to stay sharp as much as they can and, and yep. get a training camp going and, and get a season going at some point. Yeah, and I'll give you a little preview. Mike talked about it, you know, because I threw the idea out there saying, like, you know, you got to give these guys like four to six weeks, and Mike said, no, in fact, you could probably do a two-week training camp slash preseason because these guys, there's no excuse for not being ready when they say the season's going to start on a certain date because these guys have all been skating this entire offseason. That is my um, prediction. It's going to be a two-week training camp. I know that most people probably wouldn't agree with that. They would say, oh, no, you got to have three to four weeks because uh, some of these teams weren't in the bubble. I know you and I have talked about that. Mm -hmm. I think they're just going to say, look, you got two weeks. These guys are elite athletes, and they're in great shape anyway, but you're going to have two weeks and say, go get them. Yep, and it's going to just be a matter of you got two weeks, 14 days practice. We'll give you a couple of preseason games, and then you're going to start on this date. Yep. Ribs, BK, Alex coming up. Tanner, as always, great job. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise.